I, I have a question. Are we allowed to like just start chatting? You know? No, I mean like just start chatting in this. I mean, yeah, absolutely about anything. But I mean, just start chatting, like kind of like get it, loosen it up. You know, you kind of have to work up to it, warm up to it. <laughs> not an introduction, not even an introduction, but like, I guess, yeah, no, nah, I'm gonna let you do your job. You're right. <laughs> Once in a while, we're interpersonal, like our own personal, you know what I'm saying? Our own personal interaction. We're like, no, because then it's like, oh, we're, we've already been talking about this. So if you press record, it don't make no difference. You know? I love that. I love that you call me your best friend. I love that. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Handshake, virtual handshake through the screen. <laughs> you're my best friend. <laughs> you're my best Oh my goodness. Okay, where do we start? So <clears throat> I guess where we first met was we met in um we met through Tyree, I guess, essentially, which is like one of our friends and a person we also like do some work with, do some work in the kingdom with. Um, and we met through what was formerly well, you knew him from the TikToks. We both individually knew him from TikToks. Um, I did have my own little journey that God was taking me to to lead me to the people that I'm with now. Um, and obviously so did you, but we intercross and aligned, thank you, Jesus. Um, and we met with uh one of the clubs that used to exist and now we're in a different club together. Um that's all associated with the same thing essentially. So um we just came into contact that way and then you started doing editing work and I was behind the scenes like I usually am doing assistant work. Um and just we crossed paths that way. I asked for a little work study one day. And I surprised you with some news or whatever, and we just we just could not stop chatting after that. Um, so we game, and then I asked you to like game with me one day because I love like doing like we play overcut together. Um, and so it was just one of those things where it was just like God was in the midst of this, and so it was going. And it's just we've been buddies ever since, and we've had some really really fruitful talks. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Wait. No. Okay. So I don't remember exactly what we talked about inside the work study specifically. Cause I remember we were just talking about a whole bunch of stuff, but I remember it was productive. We had a productive, we like, you were editing clips and I was doing my thing, but also I remember it was like, that was, I think the second one was whenever we had, I what I felt like the productive conversation whenever you like told me, that, can I say it? I can say it, right? That's okay. Can I say it? Okay. Well, you had told me that, because you had found out that one of your friends was my my boyfriend. And so you were like, oh, I don't really hang out with my my boy's girls. Like, I'm not, I don't know what you're doing that. And I was like, what? Because I was like, we had already been talking before the work study. Like, 
what's the difference now? And I kind of was like, I kind of was like, you know, I'm just going to accept it. You know what I'm saying? Just, and the Holy Spirit was kind of like, you don't accept that. I was like, oh, oh my goodness. And so it was one of those things. I was like, no, you don't really accept that. Like, you need to go find out why. And so I just went to go be curious. And I feel like that was a productive conversation. Which one were you talking about? Oh my goodness, yes. So I've literally been okay. Yeah, that was the work study one. Um, but I I'd really just been anticipating meeting you because I know you had like worked with um my 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 partner. Um and <laughs> my significant other and um my boyfriend, I guess. And I was like, just loved the energy, loved how like he just talked about you so highly and so well. And I just like knew that your heart was for the Lord. So I was like, I gotta meet this guy. Cause he just seemed so cool. And I saw your face and you were so smiley and so talkative. And the more like it just unpacks about you, there's just not like the more we unpack about you, there's there's not something that there's nothing in you that's like, oh, we don't love this about you. Yeah. Yeah, he had those Easter eggs for me. He was like, babe, I talked about you in the podcast today. And so I'm going to go listen and be like, oh, what are they talking about? And then I'm like listening for the parts about me. And then I find that the parts about me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go live. Like a cat with the le most least interesting compared to what y'all are saying. And so I was sitting here and I was like, okay, this is great, Joe. And then what is all this that you guys unpacked right here? Like, this is, this is so cool. I love the reflection that you gave me. And wow. And so that kind of like started. I was like, I need to meet David. And I've kind of been like thinking about this, like, oh, I'm going to be on David's pod. I remember I came to you about that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I was like, this has been on my mind. <laughs>
Yeah, so I would say, like, whenever it comes to not applying worldly outcomes to godly people, um, we have a specific amount of trust. Okay, well, let me back up. I think the whole entire point of being a godly person is that there is God before you as a person. So I'm trusting in God to know that he is compassionate, that he's loving, that he's all the characteristics that we know him to be in his word. So if if that's who he is and he promises that he's within all of us, once we accept him, then he's changing us from the inside out. I genuinely do believe that. So it's a it's a whole entire different level to look at a person now and say, OK, God is within you. What is going on? Um, how can I love you better knowing that God is within you? Because you're, you're no longer just looking at them. You're also looking at the father within them. Um, and so whenever it comes to applying worldly things to God, that don't make no sense, do it? <laughs> so it was one of those things where I was like, okay, coming across even not even like in between our relationship, but in the, when I was first really learning how to have male friends, because I didn't have male friends. And that's why I was like really impacted by it. Uh, I didn't have a lot of male friends just because of my interaction with a lot of men was very unsafe for a very long time. And Tyree and Joe and uh, my good friend Zach were some of the first real godly men that I had in my life. And now one of them is obviously my partner, but it's like Tyree, he's, you know, been a really strong um, staple in my life um, as far as interacting and becoming friends and having a totally platonic, loving, very loving, very connected relationship with my brother in Christ, along with Zach. And they're two different types of people, but I would have never gotten to know them and never trusted them and never loved them if I had if I if I had come out of my past and applied things that they haven't done or applied things that they weren't even involved in to them I took things from their past and applied it to them now because scripture says that we're new beings in Christ that we're new creations and that there's no condemnation for us so if I'm believing what the word of God is saying then I'm no longer going to be applying the things of the past to this person I'm going to be applying what God has said about them now to them in this moment. Yeah. But that's still based on past. It's not even based on anything currently. And if it is, okay. Whoa. So the part of being a new creation in Christ Jesus is is quite literally cutting ties with the things that used to hold you back.
he's saying is, is he's quoting things from the past when he knows in his past he was not a Christ follower to the way he is now. Or even if he's, you know, I can't assume that, but hopefully he's living in a, in a manner that is pleasing and, and, and holy in a manner of God calls us to be, right, and pure. So if he's quoting things that he did in his past, if I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to date so many dudes and that's how I know how to have a fulfilling godly relationship with Joe, that doesn't make any sense. So, it, it, I mean, even then, whenever he said that, it didn't make any sense to me, but. Yeah. Yeah. I have more than one. <laughs> I mean, I have more than one best friend, right? Because I'm just a friendly person. And so is Joe. So Joe has female friends outside of me. And I even ask about them. Like, I'm like, oh, what are they doing? What's going on here? Oh, how are they? I'm not assuming. Okay. It would be incredibly easy to let the flesh take over and, and become come, um, jealous in a way that I'm not meant to be. Like, it would be like, oh, whoa. It, it's so easy to, like, open up that door. But it's way harder to close. And if it's way harder to close it, mm, that means I don't need to be opening it. So for me, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it's easier to um, assume that somebody else is going to do this or to assume that someone's going to act out of their flesh, but you could just give them the chance. And it just, you could open up that door because what opening up that door does, and a lot of people have talked about this and what I've been hearing more is that if you do not go on that path, if you do not open up that door to um, to what may seem hard, but you need to go through it, if you do not allow God to take you through that, you're not really going to be known as a person. You're not really going to form that intimacy, that connection. So if you and I had not had that conversation, if I had just kind of like cowered out, kind of been like, oh, I don't want to talk to him about it. Then we would have never had that conversation. There would have been no breakthrough. And so it's like, these things are so important to talk about, hey, why does this make me uncomfortable? So instead of that person saying, oh, this is impossible whenever it comes to being um, friends with females or friends with males, it's like when you're the opposite sex, is I would just, I would be like, okay, get curious. Like ask why, because it could be something that you're doing or it could be something that that person was doing when you're interacting with them. And no matter what, it's a win-win because God is in the midst of it. Thank you. Shout out to my future father and mother-in-law for saying that. Joe taught me that the other day. But it's a win <laughs> it's a so no matter what it's like you're gonna find something you're gonna find some growth out of it like there's even moments that I was looking back on my life and I was like man I was being obedient and I'm still like oh win-win because God changed it and turned that around now I know got that Philippians 4 8 on that month <laughs> Well, no, when it comes to the best friends things, I have more than one best friend. Joe has 
friends and like close friends and stuff like that joe and lauren have like a good little bond going on you and i have a good bond and never has joe been intimidated by the bond that we have or the bond that i have with zach because i've never oh hold up i've never put him in a position for him to compare himself to those bonds either so it's like he has his own place in my life there's no mix matching over there's no comparison there's no oh david did this no that's that's a whole different thing that's a whole different level so <clears throat> if that's i mean and that goes in accordance to what you were saying where you were like no my parents have their own role for each other like they have their own place in each other's lives so there's no comparing to that person because god has called that person to be there so it's one of those Well, that is so it came out so real. <laughs> nah, back in my day. <laughs> Really? Can we break that down? Now, because I, I genuinely, I like have a thought process going on in my head, but I want to know, I'm going to get curious because I want to know, I don't want to like put words in your mouth. Um, 
why was that feeding your ego? The conviction. Right. 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 Now those parts I want to break down even more. Cause you said mm -mm, I feel masculine. It was feeding your ego. Okay, so okay, let me reiterate. Okay, let me break it down like shorten up just a little bit. You said that the attention that you got this attention and validation that you got from women was now feeding your ego and making you feel more masculine. That, that's a whole, I'm, I'm, my eyes are blinking right now, aggressively. That's like, so genuine, right? It's like, that's the culture right now of the world. So it's like, <sighs> there's one of them. It's not healthy. There's no way that, because, okay, be so for real, because the God of the universe didn't prescribe it to you, so it's not healthy. I, okay, so uh, it's, it's not healthy in the manner of like, I mean, okay, 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 go with me with this thought real quick. So yesterday we talked about 
how, okay, can I, okay, now I'm just going to bring it. But we talked about how the attention and the likes from the pod, you had to turn them off. Because God reminded you in prayer, hey, don't be focused on this. So if this type of attention and this type of, I guess, what can be deemed as self-gratification and lead to self-idolization isn't okay in this part, why would it be okay when it comes to getting your validation from other people on this world, on this earth? Like, it's just not okay. I, I really think that. Um, and people can get praised for a lot, but we're not, like, meant to get glory. We're not meant to be, like, put up on those pedestals. Because not, okay, from the person looking up, that person's eventually going to come down. And from the person... Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So I guess I was just like relating that to how like as you were getting this validation and people are thinking that this is a good line of masculinity when it's not. That this is like feeding, oh, this is making me more masculine. It's like, this is not making you more masculine. This is making you unhealthy. So whenever we talk about the standards of men having worse mental health issues, but being less likely to talk about them, this is one of those things. But this goes across the board. It's not just a male and it's not just a male thing. It's also a female thing because no matter what, people find their validation in other people and God talks very deeply about how he looked upon the earth and saw no good bro so if you're getting validation from things if you're getting your validation from things that are not good in essence in being in, in nature right if they are not good in nature do not get validation from them and this can be so hard especially whenever we want to talk about relationships or marriages or friendships like or even like what we're doing right now like you hype me up be like oh yeah oh yeah like that's like you know you got somebody outside the pool pit being like amen amen and it's like, to feed into that and be like oh yeah i'm saying something good but you're saying something good and you're doing something good not because that person is cheering you on but because the god of the universe has called you to do that thing because the god of the universe is outside all of this and it's actually good so that's something you can actually count on Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I really don't say anything. I'm like, why did you? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yes, but we threw a lot of people under the bus. Are we throwing them? Are we throwing? We can. Okay, let's not. Let's take the people out of it. Let's just do that. Let's just focus on the actual act. Like being like the people who do this. But let's focus on the act, right? That way we're not throwing anybody because it can literally be any act because there's so many people by sinful behavior. It does not matter. Oh my God. Right. Yeah, because I think whenever it comes down to it, we have to accept. Um, I think, I, okay, I think whenever it comes down to it, we really need to honor God before we're honoring any of these other things. Because a lot of the time, and, and this happens literally everywhere, you can give the example of people who are more in tune with their pastors than they are with God. Like you can give example like any anywhere across the board like it doesn't even just have to be like sinful or i guess it is sinful in essence but it doesn't even have to be like in technically in like sinful environments where it's like oh people are practicing witchcraft right but it can also be like that idolization of another person and that's dangerous and i know like what we were <laughs> that's so dangerous because <laughs> <laughs> look i'm gonna put it out okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna drop this okay how many of us have been wrecked over a person that we were like, oh, God, how am I about to live with on Realization, you can't tell me it's not. can't tell me it's not. <laughs> okay, I'm raising my hand, too. That's why it was my example. So it's like one of those things where idolization is just is not a good pathway to be on. I remember um, one of the things Tyree always used to tell me was, he always used to tell me, okay, what's on the throne of your heart? We cannot interact with people in realness and actually love all parts of them if what's on the throne of our heart is idolization for them. Because you were putting them in the position where God is supposed to be. How, if, if all things flow through the heart, including my interaction with someone, how am I supposed to love them godly when I'm idolizing them? And they were never meant to be idolized. I'm putting descriptions, expectations, and things to them that they, one, have not earned, but two, that they were never meant to fill. Like no human being was supposed to be God. God was supposed to be God. So we cannot, we have to have revere for 
who our father is and we have to place him on our throne of our hearts. We have to know he is good. Like that's something we have to train. And I was reading a devotion about this. We have to train our hearts, even in the midst of um, uncertainty to know that God is good. Um, and also we need to fight and remember that we cannot place circumstances as an idol in our heart. We cannot place uh, um, people as an idol in our heart. We cannot place objects as a money, anything like that as an idol in our heart, because you cannot source anything through idolization. You can't do it. It, it. Everything you touch will be poison and it will die. The only way that you can have things that will actually be abundant and life-giving is if you are interacting with the source, which is Jesus, which is God. So it's like, you can't, there's no, it's no if, and, or but. It's no, oh, if I add this piece, I can get this. It's like, no, bro, that's not going to last. That's why I said, no matter how, no matter who they are, and you put them on a pedestal, they're going to come down because foundation that you're setting them upon is unstable and that's in anything that's in your job that's in your finances that's in the way you treat people that's in your um in your family that's in your relationships and your marriages whatever it is that's if you want to go pursue someone if you're going to be oh, this person's so cute blah, blah 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 and you're only focused on them and you're not focused on what god is telling you that's how you're going to set yourself up for heartbreak that's how it happens because we idolize things we idolize those people we idolize those desires <laughs> oof oh it was a perfect segue <laughs> Oh. Woo. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. oh my goodness. We were talking about this yesterday. Go ahead. Oh man. Well, I mean, can we drop a little piece in here too? What we were referencing yesterday? Do you want to go? Oh, okay. I wasn't sure what you were going to. I didn't want to. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I think we should just reference it because I want. I don't know. I know you said you were going to do something with it. So I'm like, I kind of want people to go dig and go find it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> do your own research is crazy. Essentially, all we had said was you cannot compare people's, you can compare your blessings to other people's best blessings, especially in a 
No, it's covetous either way. Because if you're comparing your own stuff that God is trying to give you um, to somebody else, what God is trying to give them, it's covetous. But also, um, it's dangerous. It's so dangerous because God has expectations. And if you think I'm lying, go look up Luke 12. That's all I got to say. Read Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Segway. Segway. Segway to well, okay, we were only supposed to be referencing today. We, we were only supposed to be referencing this. It's okay, it's okay. It's out, it's out now. Um, because you were in Luke 12 already, you were already studying Luke. So the fact that this was divine echoes, thank you, Jesus. Um, but one of the things that sticks out to me is okay, no, no context needed. One of the things that sticks out to me in Luke 12 is further is um whenever he starts talking and he's like, uh Okay, 45, we can start at 45. But if the servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and starts to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him an hour, and at an hour he does not know and he will cut him into pieces and assign him uh, a place with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will and didn't prepare himself or do it will be severely beaten. But the one who did not know and did what deserved punishment will receive a light beating from everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be expected. So you essentially touch on, you're so focused on the a million, you can't even properly receive the 100,000. You're so focused on the a million, you can't even properly go and ask God, thank you for this $100,000. How would you like me to steward it? What would you like me to do with it? Because it says much will be required. So you're so focused on stacking up, stacking up, stacking up. You don't even know what's required of this 100000 God, what do I need to do to get this? Okay, you gave me this, Father. What would you like me to do with it? That should be the next question instead of, God, now it's time for the 100 meal. Like, bro, <laughs> now it's time for 
$500,000, God, stack it up in my pockets. And God's like, no, you're going to come to me because one thing God isn't going to do is set you up for failure. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, and whenever we compare ourselves to other people, we are also taking away from what God is trying to tell us and teach us through what he's giving us specifically. So let's focus on what's in our own basket. Because <laughs> it's so easy to compare, um, to be like, oh, well, this person has a boyfriend and I don't. What's, what's the delay, God? Huh? And it's like, okay, are we really, we're, we're looking at it from a covenant perspective and is God requiring you and wanting you to do something else? And you're only, you're, you have that grass is greener on the other side mindset. And not, hey, the grass that God has set me in, this is what I'm walking through. Let me allow my father to lead me through this. So you're so focused on what's over there that you aren't even moving or going. You're just, you're stalling in your own place. And that's dangerous too. So it's one of those, he said, mm. <laughs> Mm, I remember Joe talking about this, yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, so much in what you just said. Oh my goodness. Um okay. Probably got on. Okay. We gotta back up. Oh, we gotta back up to the much more will be expected is that God does have expectations for us, especially when we are saying, God, I would like this. God is trying to prepare you to be able to handle this, right? To be able to steward it properly so these things do not overcome you because he doesn't want us to be overcome by anything, right? So really what you're talking about is, and 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 I don't know at what age this was for Tim, but I do know that whenever Tim and Juliet got married, they was eating off the Wendy's $5 meal like thing. They would be honest with that. They were like, look, 
he said he didn't even have enough money to pay for a ring. It was by the grace of God that somebody was like, yeah, you can do monthly payments. Like he had no job. He had no income. Like he had no car. Like she was driving around in the car. So it was one of those things that's like he went through his seasons, right? That God took him through his seasons and taught him how to steward that money properly. So whenever he got there, it wasn't a, God, I don't, why would you ask me to do this? It was a, okay, dad, okay, dad. Whew. I don't know what I need this for, but I know you got it. Like, so God has to put you through those where you can be completely surrendered and completely obedient to him before he's like, okay, I'm going to drop this on you and you're going to be ready. Because some of these things are big. Like God has big things for us in store. And, and if you stop comparing yourself to what other people have, you can really be grateful for what you receive because you receiving what's for them may not please you. It may not be what you need for your seasons to come, but you being thankful and, and looking at what you already have. And also from that understanding that if God is calling you to give to someone, you having a generous heart because you're already grateful for what you have, it just opens you up to a level of peace and carefreeness like never before. And you're able to give to these people knowing that, hey, their bills are paid. Hey, they have food. Hey, they have this. Like, not only are all your needs met, but you're also, God is using you to help fulfill other people's needs. That's a huge blessing in and of itself. Like, the God of the universe said, okay, I want you to give him this amount of money. Oh, I want you to give him this amount of food. Oh, I want you to let him stay at your house for this long. And it's like, really, God is allowing you to be a part of their journey where he's changing their whole life. So we have to be thankful for what we already have. There's no other option. And also it makes us much more productive because we're not, distracted. we're not distracted. If we're focused on where God is trying to take us as individuals and not where he's trying to take Sue, Sally, and Jim. Then we're focused on, we're focused on what we already have. We're like more in tune to where he's moving, what he's calling us to do, what details he wants done and how to execute it properly instead of worrying about what's going on over there. And, and I will say that there's been times where God was taking me on a path and because I wasn't paying attention to the level that he wanted me to, he had to go back and start the lesson over. So whenever we ask ourselves, okay, am I really giving God the attention that he desires? Am I really giving, putting him at the head of each part of my life? That's a genuine reflection question that I ask myself every single day. And sometimes the answer is no, and that's okay. Let's move forward. So it's one of those. Yes. Amen.
Can I? Yep. Can I add something? I used to do the same thing whenever it came to finding a husband. <laughs> oh, this is a common thing. This is a com I'm going to say this. This is such a common thing. And honestly, it shouldn't be a common thing. So we're going to expose it right now, right? We're going we're gonna to offer up something. Um, when I was younger, I remember being at the age, ripe age of four, praying for praying for Prince Charming, being like, I wanted to be like this, and I wanted to smile like this, and I wanted to be like this. And then I was like, as I got older, my pay, my mom got married at 18. My sister got married, I think, 2021. I already had kids. So I'm like, yo, God, uh, I, gotta, I got things to do. When is, when is the man coming? I literally used to walk around like that. Like, I, one, I would walk around mad and titled. Because marriage is not promised to everyone. But two, <laughs> but two I kind of walked around like, like I was comparing myself. So if my friends had boyfriends at 15 and 16 and 17. I would put myself out there to receive attention and to receive quite literally anything, add another level to it, um, just to make sure that my desire to have a husband or desire to have to fulfill that loneliness that I was feeling putting quotation around it because it was never supposed to be there, um, to feel that, to try to fill up that hole and try to satisfy essentially my flesh. Um, I would I would do all of that and and completely negate and negate my trust in God. So it really was hurting, being hurt like that over and over and over again and being disappointed like that, even though I was setting my own self up for the disappointment, really hurt my relationship with God. And it also made me compare what it didn't make me I never I never compared Joe to what other people have for one thank you Jesus for that but God could not I'm so thankful that God did not give me Joe before now because I don't think I would have been able to really appreciate him to the magnitude God desires me to like I don't think I would have been able to sit up here and be like I'm sorry I got an attitude with you like I think oh Jessica would have been like yeah and so what and so Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, but that tidbit was absolutely, thank you so much, because that really just clarified oh, really what I was about to say, was whenever you talked about comparing your blessings and time, I used to do that same thing and time. And so whenever we do that, we take away, when we do that, we distract ourselves from what God is wanting us to learn now. So if we're constantly focused on, and this is why sometimes God does not tell us what we are going to receive and when and how and where, he doesn't tell us all that. Because why are you ruining the fun? But also, but also we're distracted from what we're supposed to be learning in this current season. 
We are supposed to feel things. We are God has a plan for our growth. He has a plan for the way we do things. So if you're messing up and failing or making mistakes here, God wants to go back and pay specific detailed attention to those things. So that way you don't have to carry them into your marriage. You don't have to carry them into your future finances when you do get the million dollars. You don't have to carry those things. Like God's handling all those things in the season that you're in now. <laughs> That's all I was going to say on it was like that part of the comparison was just like, okay, how how deadly is this? Like if we really put it into terms, how how obstructive can this be? Yeah, I think I have a specific thing. Um, well, one, this is specifically for you, David. Is that I, well, okay. I often tell David that he's a very nice looking gentleman. He's very handsome. David is gorgeous. Let's be so for real. David is gorgeous. Like you can't, like definitely has been molded by the Lord above, right? He's just a gorgeous individual, quite literally inside and out. Um, and I remember we were going through the pictures, old pictures of you. And all that comes up to my heart right now is like, oh, I wish I could go back to little David and tell him that he was handsome too. Like, no, like, yeah, like you're gorgeous. And I don't mean that in a sense of, and I'm not a liar. So if somebody's not gorgeous on the inside, it shows. Um, 
I'm be like, oh, okay. Tell somebody when I tell somebody you're gorgeous. I mean, like, and and my feelings have always been these big feelings, and and I have a friend Tyree who's like, yo, I think your feelings are attached to the Father above, and I was like, really? <laughs> I think so too. Um, <laughs> when I tell somebody they're gorgeous, it's like, no, you're gorgeous, and so I really want people to hug themselves and to love on themselves um, because we're talking about specifically in the realms of um, seasons of singleness that you cannot do comparison, um, that you cannot lust after other people's blessings and you cannot, you need to understand that what God is entrusting you with, um, he expects things from you. So you need to go to him and go to the source and get realigned and make sure your heart posture matches with the king above, but also you need to learn how to love yourself because if you love yourself no one else will be able to love you in a manner that you were designed and i'm oh, sorry go ahead go ahead Oof, Yeah, I was about to say, into that room. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're talking about season of singleness so we can reflect, right? The biggest part of me really uh, coming in. Okay. No, I'm just going to tell it for what it is. When I first, when it was first coming around, it was like, okay, Joe's, Joe's my covenant spouse. And I was like, oh. One of the first things I did was take the stronghold to God that was keeping me from really accepting and loving myself and also allowing that man to love me. Like that was the first thing I did. And I remember I told you that. Cause it was like, he was like, hey, I think I see you as wifely. And I was like, this is what I've been praying for. Okay, wait, and I have no clue how to receive this. Cause I haven't been loving myself. I'm being given something. And I have no clue how to receive it. So I immediately got down my knees. Started, started speaking that language to my father. And I was like, God, I want this stronghold gone. Because if this is who you have for me, I want myself to be as clear and as open as possible to receive what you have for me. That was the first thing I did. And it's, it's not one of those things that the enemy is going to try to rebuild those strongholds, right? 
any strongholds that you bring to God and you're like, break this down, he's going to try to rebuild them. That does not matter. Poo, 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 poo. Shoot him out the room. He don't belong here. This is he was not invited. He is not on the guest list. Um, clearly, so clearly. Um, but no, and I will say he's going to, no matter what, try to rebuild those things because he knows that they're sensitive and he knows that he can try to hit you there. And you already placed them in father, in the father above. So he has no authority over them. God has already given you, he's made you the champion of this area. So once you have that, bro, you take those things to God and he's in the God of the universe who's never loses, has made you the champion over this. That thing does not stand nearly as much of a chance when it comes to another person being added to you. And now you don't just have your own strongholds, you have theirs too. Absolutely. Facts. Right. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, I think that makes it, I think we, when we apply it that lens, we make um, God, or not make, we know God to be way more compassionate than we think he is. Because a lot of the times the trick of the enemy is, is that God is keeping something from us. So it's like, God, I want a husband. Oh, you're not letting me have one? You're keeping one from me. So I'm going to go find one myself. And a lot of people get hurt many times over by doing that. 
Um, so it's not that God is keeping something from you. It's that he's saving it for you to receive it in the time that he knows that you will best receive it. Now, now that you have that piece of knowledge, don't sit there and just be like, oh, I'm never going to get my husband, never going to get my wife. No, go ask God what type of wife. No, before you even ask him what type of wife, go ask him what type of daughter for you, my king, shall I be? How can I be a better servant unto my God? Male or female perspective. Because you cannot serve in your household if you do not know how to serve in the kingdom of God properly. You can't be a good mom or a good wife if you do not know how to serve the father in heaven. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a wife. I'm going to be a mom. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for those things. I praise you so much. And whenever it comes to the real groom coming back, that's who I'm the bride for. And I remember I wrote this down. I wrote this down in my notes, actually, because I knew it would come. The Holy Spirit literally was like, write this down. <laughs> write this down. Yes, yes. That's why I was like, this literally, he just reminded me. So let me get it up. Let me get it up. Let me get it up. So I literally wrote notes for the pod. And it was a, I what's up? What? I said notes for the pod. And my friend had told me, I was like asking, I was like, oh, how do I know if this person is supposed to be my covenant spouse girl? Like, let me know. And she was a prophet and she had given me um, a word from the Lord. And she said that your focus should not be your desire. Like your if, if to know that if God desired this person to be your covenant spouse, your focus shouldn't be on how God is giving you someone that you're like, I can go plan a wedding with, and now we can have sex, and we can do this, and I can be out of sin now, and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're, like, you're focused on the wrong thing. You're supposed to be focused on how God is, is giving you someone who's a physical representation of him in your life and his love for you. Well, no matter what, these things are never revolved around ourselves. No, no part of love is directly revolving around ourselves. We're supposed to love ourselves, and love is sacrificial. So it's one of those things where it's like, even, even whenever we talk about the pornography and the lust and the masturbation, your perspective was you're defiling the temple. I have another perspective, which is that this body was not meant for just you. So you are defiling a home that God is preparing for someone else to enter into. You're messing it up. Like the crib. The crib don't look too nice. So in order for... In order for the crib to look the best, we have to go to the crib maker. Mm -hmm. Is that what you were going to say? I, this is the start of it. <laughs> no, this was the, oh, no, no, I'm not about to read it. I was about to go look it up, but <laughs> we're talking about like singleness before we get to like preparation for marriage or anything like that. We're kind of like in those steps and the scripture that you're about to bring up, the Holy Spirit had already whispered to me earlier. And this was the start of it. Like I remember having like a three hour conversation with my friend and I was like, do we even need to have sex? If that's the only reason that I'm getting married, then I don't need to be married. 
that was like the first revelation that God had given me about that. So this was the start of it. <laughs> okay, I'm cool. Oof. Mm -hmm. yeah he can't if you're not willingly giving yourself over to him he can't do anything with you so that's why it's like okay you receive the holy spirit after you've accepted christ jesus he can't put himself in you if you do not receive him so i guess with this one now with first corinthians 7 most people stop at a <clears throat> verse one, verse two. <laughs> Most people pull it up, okay, and they're like, oh, it is good for men not to have sexual relationships with a woman. You know what I'm saying? Or they stop at verse two. Sorry, a husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. And a wife does not have, they stop, they go on. They go on to all these different things, but they skip the part where Paul goes, I wish that all people were as I am. For each has his own gift from God. Hold up. That's back to Luke 12. And one person has this gift, another has that. 
So he's literally saying, okay, some of y'all gonna get married. I wish that y'all are like me, completely, wholly devoted to God. And I understand that God has blessed y'all with marriage. So it's like one person, he literally says, but each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift, another has that. And he's talking about marriage, specifically in this part. And then it talks about the unmarried. That was the part, that was the part for the marriage. It was like, this was his concession. He was like, hey, yo, uh, if I wish y'all were all like me and y'all stayed unmarried, right? Because we know that, because I think people have this misconception about marriage that marriage is just for the pleasure of man, but marriage is the for the glory of God is a representation of the, the groom, the OG, Jesus coming back for his bride in the way and the love and the redemption and all those things. It is all completely for God's love for us. That is what the physical representation was. So whenever he's talking about this, he's saying, yes, marriage is a gift. And I'm sure Paul knew some things. <laughs> Paul knew some things about marriage. Okay. He was like, look, I'm not jealous. I'm not like, he's like, I wish I would stay as I am. And I, when I read that, it was, ooh, because I'm sitting here like, why does Paul wish that we were like him? And I was like, oh, maybe, you know, Paul, he kind of misses it. You know what I'm saying? He kind of wants everybody to be single. No. Then I started realizing, I started looking like at different people's marriages, not in the form of comparison, but just stopped looking at them. I started looking at them neutrally instead of this is something I'm lusting after. And I really started to ask God, what is marriage? What does marriage look like? What is it supposed to look like? And I'm still asking that question because I'm still understanding. But I think the biggest part of it is that marriage has a use. It's not just for something that's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting this. And it just is here and it's supposed to stall. God has an intention for marriage, especially in the body of Christ. So he's going to utilize that union for something bigger. And so I guess I guess that's the part of it. And even if you go down, right? Oh, I'm sorry. You need a second. <laughs> oh, I was. Oh man, it's you're 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 like you're bumping that mug into third gear. Zoom, like you. <laughs> and I'm not even there, right. Like I'm not even there yet. Like let's be so for real. Like Joe and I have only been together. We're hitting our four months, but we know where God is walking us. So it's like we look it around. Like all right, Lord, <clears throat> on your terms, on your terms. Like we like. <clears throat> but even now, it's like the things, and and I mean this because we we take the season of singleness for granted. Jackie Hill Perry, she talked about it. She said, I feel like, you know, 
Y'all can go anywhere y'all want to go. Have private time with the Lord. You ain't got no kids running in with you. You ain't got a husband being like, hey, when's this about to be done? Like, you you don't have that stuff. So you ain't got nobody sleeping in your bed 24. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about how God, in your midst of season of singleness, is preparing you for the things that you are going to face in marriage by you. And, and, and Tim Ross builds onto this perspective whenever it's like one of his courses or something like that. And he's essentially saying that as you're walking down the aisle, things and being led to your husband mind you not finding him being led to your husband okay things are being pulled off of you are being killed off of you so that way you do not have to face those things and deal with them and unpack that that bombastic <laughs> suitcase in the midst of marriage man like it, it's it's one thing to like there's things that you and your partner are going to have to go through because god has equipped them to go through them with you and if you could take them to the father now in your season of singleness and handle them now and find get authority over those things now, promise you they're probably going to be way easier to deal with then. Yes. So, can we go to Ephesians 5? Is it Ephesians 5 or Ephesians 6? Let's go to Ephesians 5. <laughs> well, if we go down to wives and husbands, like I said, most people stop at 22. <laughs> most people stop at 22. But I want to specifically go to 33 and where he sums it up. He says, to sum it up, each of you is to love his wife as himself and the wife is to respect her husband. That's a big ask. Hmm? Wow. Ooh. 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 The <laughs> seal noises. Oh, oh, no, it's kidding. <laughs> you understand why David and I are, are besties quite literally. <laughs> yeah, that's a big ask. 
Oh, well, 32 before, excuse me. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ in the church. So remember how we can flash back, boop, go back, rewind, um, where it was marriage is for the glory of God. And it is supposed to be representative of, well, I got it in my notes. I got it in my notes. Oh, those are my other notes. Okay, we don't got it in our notes right now. That's okay. Okay, we're gonna find our notes later. But essentially, it was just it was just some notes that I had taken that was saying like the the purpose of marriage is a representative of, of God's love for his people and God's marriage to the church. So it says to to one of e of what to sum it up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself. So Love your neighbor as you love yourself. These things are all kind of colluding for me and colliding in the sense of that God had to love us like himself. He loved the body of himself. And that we as the bride are supposed to respect our groom God. So whenever that one circled, it's whenever you talk about it being a big ask, right? Those are the requirements. That's what God's asking you to step into. That's what, that's what he's, and whenever you, any, I mean this from now and forevermore, in marriage, out of marriage, whatever it is, season singleness, I don't know. Remember this. Remember that marriage is not just for something to look at, but it is actually and and I'm saying this because I literally I had I had a friend call me on some heavy stuff and was like, Jessica, you're laughing, but this is like the utmost top covenant that God has given us. And I laugh when I get uncomfortable. But it was one of those things where it's like you can't run from this. No matter what it is, if we are truly desiring this, let's understand what we're truly desiring. Because God does put desires upon our heart. I want to separate what a desire is versus lusting after something. Because if you have a desire for something, right? Like the desire to have sex isn't bad. Now, if that desire becomes idolized, then you're lusting and you're gonna go try to fulfill it. And that's bad. The desire to have a husband or a wife is not a bad thing. God most likely put that desire in you. But if that becomes your whole entire point of view, then it's bad. And it comes back to the idolization. If you have a to have money or a desire to be financially well, I don't think that's a bad thing. But if that becomes your whole entire point of view, yeah, that's a bad thing. See, it never starts out as bad, but then it gets twisted into something that is not good. And that goes back to what you were saying at the very beginning. So it all full circles around. Where it's like these are genuinely key, <laughs> these are genuinely key points, a key, a key foundation of what we need to have as God's people. These are like things that are like foundational when it comes to our belief. What'd you say? Are you, wait, be honest, are you crying? Okay. Oh. 
I'm not laughing at the fact because if you were crying, I think you were very brave, and I'd love you for it. I love that about you. I love that you're. Yeah. And so. I mean, we were just, we were talking about what an hour ago, I guess we were talking about masculinity and how, I mean, because I mean, the, the topic, what they call it right now is what toxic masculinity and it's like for a worldly gain. But if we talk about what isn't, what is worldly masculinity versus godly masculinity, those are two different things. So I would love to hear your perspective on it. wept <laughs> it was one line it was one line it says jesus wept like <laughs> oh man Oof. Wow. Let it out. Oof. Not you bringing it up like David. 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 I'm gonna break your heart and I'm gonna take you at the game. That's the Still kill and destroy on a different level. Praise God. Praise God that you got out of there, man. Okay, we're laughing about it. But when I asked you, I said, oh, did you? I like, that was a genuine question. It was like, oh, did you think you would go to heaven after that? And you were like, bro, no, I wouldn't have. And I was like, oh, God saved your life. Like, eternal life. Okay. Okay, but look, listen to his syllables. Hold on. Praise. And there you go. Oh. <laughs> no, you know he's talking. He, you know he's talking about the Lord. It, uh, there must be some, you know, angels out there or something. I don't know. 
Hello, bro. Okay, fun fact. My dog does not like my boyfriend whatsoever. And it's so funny. It's so funny. I don't know what it is with men and animals. I don't really know a lot of men who are like, a bougie, 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 a bougie, bougie. Women are, but I don't know a lot of men who are like that. And so I just like, Joe wants that dog to like him so bad, like feeds him whole strips of bacon if he could. And that dog is like, will take that bacon and run from him. You can see. You can see his villain air. You can see his villain air. <laughs> you can see it building. I'm like, all right, babe, hold on, hold on. <laughs> he is a sausage shape. So, <laughs> anyways, you were talking about how you felt. <laughs> <laughs> one nostril at a time quite literally <laughs> yeah <laughs> the right one um <laughs> so you you felt so much better once you had let it out and confessed to your mom and dad james 5 16 therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed it was it's it's never about for you to have be judged or anything and confession is not bad you don't have to just confess bad things you can confess your thoughts you can confess your almost thoughts you can confess good things like oh i gotta tell you something else i gotta tell you something and i was like oh this really good thing happened that's confessing right we confess all the time and so essentially we should be confessing to God all the time because even though he was there with us, we can still go back and be like, God, guess what happened? That's going to build up your intimacy with him. And so not only are you being healed whenever you come, when you're being prayed for one another so that you, you can let people know, hey, I need prayer in this area. Hey, I need prayer for this. Hey, I need prayer for this. And so they're able to actually go in one accord and pray for each other, but also so you can be healed because healing comes through community. And this is another part on this right is confession because confession is such a big oh my gosh you know, oh my god i'm malfunctioning <laughs> confession is such a big part of marriage and, and of servitude and anything anything at all confession is such a part of it and so is community um so so it's, it's just you have to have that healing you deserve that healing i want to say that you deserve god has already paid for it he's already swiped his call He's already said, okay, come in, schedule your appointment with the doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line. You ain't got to have no insurance. You ain't got to pay nothing. Just come in and get healed. That's what he wants for you. That's what he desires for you. And so whenever you said that you went to your parents and you just let it all out, you cried, just like Jesus wept. He was saddened by something, so he wept. And the fact is written on that page is a confession. So whenever it comes to you saying, I went to my parents, I let it all out. You confessed and look at David, he's healed. We always want to say, hold on, we always want to do, because I knew you was about to say something. I knew you was about to get it. We always want to, okay, okay, okay. We always want to say, like, we always want to be like, okay, here's the before and after. Right? And we can always, we, we don't always have the tools to go back and backtrack. But I can promise you that day David confessed is the day and was healed was the day he was able to walk in his healing and really receive what God has for him. Because when was that, David? 
And when was that? I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> like time months ago. No way, no way. You know what? I gave rededicated my life to Christ in August too. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, I, around that time. And I remember Joe was like, oh, I felt something weird around that time. And he was like, I just felt like something changing in the atmosphere. So people, whenever you surrender and really, 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 really say, God, I want you in my life and I want you in every single area, even if you're struggling to put it in today and tomorrow, put it in the day after that. Mm -hmm. Even when you're doing this, if you're really doing this, those things are fruitful. You know, you know that because God is in the midst of those things, you're walking in your healing now. It's time for you to walk in your healing. It's been set out for you. It's time for you to go get it. Freedom. You can choose to be free. You can choose to get it.
I was just repeating what you said. I'm so tired of you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, the walking. Um, I oh, it's man, I repeat that in the name of Jesus. Hold up, that thing said in my head so quick. Um, I think it's mm -hmm. <laughs> it's in red. Well, that's what the whole chapter is about. Pull up, let's pull up, let's pull up chapter James 5. It, the, the title of the chapter for me is Effective Prayer. I don't even know if this thing is still recording, but if it is, gang, I love you. Love you all. Kisses mwah, 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 to your forehead bone. Oh, oh, you came back? <laughs> Was it still recording? <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how the setup works too much, but <laughs> I was like, to your <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. They're tuning in to the Word of Reason pod. I'm giving them a big old hug through the screen. Forehead kiss. Mwah. Give you a forehead kiss. I'm a very affectionate individual. So I remember asking David, I said, I asked him today, I said, David, can I hug you? And usually David would answer it. And hold on. Usually David would answer me like, bro, what? And he would have made like some weird face and be like, ah, you know what I'm saying? He was like, the only way I can hug you is virtually. I was like, <sighs> Thanks, God. Wow. You really done a work in our friendship. You know, I was just really you did so good. You did great. Good job. Yeah. Um 
You're so funny. I would have given you a hug over the FaceTime. I definitely, I hug Joe through Face. Joe and I are long distance, so I hug him through FaceTime all the time. <laughs> I well, no, you're so funny about that because most of my friends are, like, not affectionate. Like, I have another friend. I love her to pieces. And I kiss her through the phone and she dodges them. Like, she's, like, she's fighting demons. Like, she dodges them. Like, she's in Demon Slayer herself. I was like, wow. Yeah, I was like, wow. Okay. And then every once in a while, I trick her whenever her internet's bad, so she's lagging, so I know I get multiple out of it. Charisma? Charisma? Mmm. Got that wrist to it? No, let me stop. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, James 5, Effective Prayer. And it reads, is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing with the oil in the name of the Lord. That's what happened to you, David. Because they were the elders of your house. Another role. Another role. <clears throat> the prayer of Save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruits. My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth and someone turns his back, let the person know that whoever turns a sinner from the air of his ways will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That's what chapter five is on. Chapter five is at least part 13 through 13 through 20. That's what it's on. It's about praying for one another and, and finding God and allowing God to work through the community. That's like what it's about. And in order to do that, we have to be open to receive. And we can backtrack through all of these different things and still understand that while we are trying to, and this goes back to the season of singleness, while you're trying to um, understand, comprehend, learn, you're going to need a brother or sister in Christ. You're going to need them. And you can't say no to them because if God has them for you, you need to receive them because they're, they're probably some bomb people. He's made them to be that way. Like, just like I said at the beginning, like, there's no part of David that I'm like, I, I love this part of you. And love is an action. It's a choice. So even when David is talking about things that he may have did in his past that he's not proud of, I'd still go back and hug that David straight up. <clears throat> Big, strong hug. And... No, I'm so for real because I like literally can imagine myself doing. I'd hug little David, I'd hug this David, I'd hug David in the future, I'd hug David whenever he was in the midst of battling pornography and masturbation or whatever else was going on. I'd hug that David the same and tell him how gorgeous he is and how much he is loved by the Lord. And how can I pray for this David? That's the thing. Ha, 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 ha.
power of prayer is powerful. The power of prayer. Yeah. Very. You need it. You absolutely need it. You need it. And you need the community. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> really? Yeah. I think I was honestly, I was like, oh, I don't want to be on here rambling. But I was like, no, I'm just going to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think that's what my was on today is that real relationships are the best relationships. And I was like being like, okay, that's what God, like, you know, that's what you want me to keep in mind is because David and I have a genuine real relationship because we did not stop at just the things that were hard for us. We pushed through them and went through them. So now we have genuine intimacy in our friendship. That's a real relationship. Yeah. Right. No, that's the thing. So, oh, my bad. So good, Jessica. And then I was like, oh. Wow. Like, oops. Ugh. I was holding that one in. If anybody, I struggle with cutting people off and being an active listener. And I also feel like I ramble too much sometimes. I honestly have at the best. But yeah, I'm working on it. My That's that's another thing is like, you can't function out of the past. And you also need to understand where these things come from, just like you were saying. So I understand where these things come from. And my friends are helping me walk through healing in those areas. Bomb community. And back to what you were saying, don't what we were talking about, don't apply worldly outcomes to godly people. You are now godly. You are now godly. And I think that was what I said to you, David, was like walking it. It's it's not. And if there comes times where you're like, you feel like, okay, I don't have good self-control right now. Yeah, maybe not in that situation. 
don't like push yourself to the point of sin, right? Yeah, but is it bad to be honest with them? Because I think, because just like I said, there's no parts of David that I don't love. And I remember watching the videos that you were talking about on TikTok, David. And I remember specifically you had said, oh, my family's coming upstairs. Um, I remember you specifically saying that the enemy may try to tempt you and say, okay, you want to steal this girl away, da 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 And I don't know who he was talking about, but you were just talking about in general. And you were like, but that's not what you want to do. You want this. You desire this. So don't let the enemy twist your desire. So you may think, okay, I have a lack of self-control. And you may honestly really have a lack of self-control. And if you communicate through that and, and you allow that person to get curious with you, they may be able to love you. Or no, they're most likely, if they're sent by God, they're going to be able to love you through that and walk in that healing process with you. And that's a, that's a very honorable place to, like honorable position to be put in by the Lord above. And get like David to be your bestie and play overcook with you and keep you. No, he knows what Blick Block is. It's Roblox. This man has a, I don't want to say unhealthy obsession. And <laughs> he's busy. He's busy now. Thank you, Lord, for taking that Blick. <laughs> The what? Wait, what are you talking about right now? I'm lost. Oof. Would you like some help? Ah, oof. I don't know about that. <clears throat> Now, now I could, you know, you did. David taught me how to do clips, so you did teach clips, and I, that was one of our first bonding moments. Yeah, because you were like proud dad moment. And I was like, I love this guy. Yeah, I was like, oh, because you remind me of home. Uh, yeah, remind me of home. No, God. Yeah. Genuine. I think I find people most pleasing to me and edifying in our conversations and fruitful to my life in addition to it is when they are reminders of God. Yeah. Ah, you're so funny. Yeah, those are the most pleasing people. I think that's how I knew I knew Joe was that's how I knew Joe was like one of those ones. I didn't know what he was, I didn't know who he was, I didn't know who he was supposed to be, but I was like, nah, this man is straight for the Lord. I was like, puh, this man is warm in spirit. What's going on here? So it's one of those things where it's like, I just genuinely love you. Cause you remind me of home. You remind me of my father. How can I not love you?
Then you see, actually, I was like, oh, here it goes. <laughs> now I was like, here goes that whip. Let me pull out that verse. <laughs> so Jesus wept and David wept. That's <laughs> with the <laughs> Lord. Well, thank you, David, for inviting me to the pod. Thank you for following the Unseen Holy Spirit. I appreciate it. Did I talk it? Did I speak about it first? Yeah, did I tell you? Oh, I, oh, I waited to tell you after. Yeah, I waited for that confirmation. I'd be waiting for that confirmation. I remember you asked me that question. You were like, Jessica, on the side, what did you do before you knew that Joe was your covenant spouse? I said, bro, I waited. I waited. I went and I prayed. I didn't even pray out loud, y'all. I like didn't. I I. Mm-mm. I was like, in my head, like, Lord, this man is cute, but he also, man, I've never heard anybody talk about you, God, the way he talks about you. So, Father, your will be done, and uh, your will be done, Lord. If this is not mine, I appreciate you because I know you have something way better. But I was like, man, if it's not Joe, I mean, I, this person is out of the world. Like, I was just like, I was like, yo, I was like, this, like, God's goodness is above our own. So I was like, if I'm sitting over here like, oh, no, I kind of like him. And he seems like a really good husband. Now, mind you, I was not underneath that function of, like, understanding that, like, God had replaced my heart with a heart like his own. So I was like, I was like thinking, oh, my version of goodness isn't up to par with God's. And God was like, no, I placed this. I placed this. This is the standard. Like, he's meeting it. That's why you feel like this. And I was like, really? So high. Just wait. Yeah, I waited. <laughs> I waited. I waited. And I dreaded. I waited. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you waiting. Amen. Amen. Because you waiting. No, I absolutely loved being here today, and I'm just very, very thankful that we were able to experience this. I'm usually behind the scenes. I'm usually, like, if you're ever like, oh, what is this person doing? I'm usually like, hey, can I help you, blah, blah, because I just hurt. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That was my husband, y'all. That was my husband. He said, bling, bling, bling. It's time to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> I'm just very, very thankful that I was given an opportunity by the Lord above and that he thought about me for this specific talk. Hopefully, no, hopefully, I know that this is going to touch somebody's heart because these words and this wisdom is not our own, but the Father's above. Um, so I'm thankful to be able to be here and to connect with my friend David. Oh, in the name of the Lord. Communion to the Lord? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. You're my best friend. <laughs> yeah. I love you, David, man. It's so, it's so good to have good friends. It's so good to have good friends. And it's like completely 110% platonic and just safe and healthy. That's what you can do when you're functioning like in the Lord's will. And it's so amazing. So amazing.
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Flirtation. He could have just used flirtations. I knew that you thought that was weird. That's why I was like, oh, yeah, he said, he's looking, he's looking. Oof. Oof, yeah. I'm I most definitely was relying completely and totally on the Lord, not even by my own strength. Wait, what's that, what's that song? Not by mine, you know what I'm saying? Not by spirit, by his spirit, God, by your you know what I'm talking about? I'm singing on the I was gonna sing on the pod. I literally said that and I'm here singing, so see. <laughs> <gasps> Oh, absolutely. He said, he said, make a joyful noise. He didn't say what type of joyful noise I had to make. <laughs> in the shower, in the bathroom, singing up to him. Thank you, Lord, for my water and my soap. Uh, oh, what were you saying? That you were saying um, that it takes time? Joe and I were friends before. You already know how strict I was in myself when Joe and I were friends. I was literally, he and I both were strict. But I think that's important to know whenever you said that. Allow God to set his desires and make his desires known with each relationship you're in. Because a lot of this is just platonic, and so you don't want to ruin your friendships. So if you allow him to set the desires, eventually Joe and I did come together. But we started out the way God wanted it to be started out. And we started out respecting our father above. And that's the best way to go about it. Like, oh, I like this person. I'm not sure if they like me. Da, da, da. Allow God to be like, yes, pursue, no pursue. That was like, that's what everybody did. Scrumpy just that prayer. It's good though. Some people think it's like bad. They're like, oh, it's like, now nah, you knew you were supposed to be letting go of him. <laughs> now you knew. <laughs> you knew. If you feel bad about the prayer, like, I don't want to let go. I don't want to lose him. You're already in the wrong heart posture, bud. You got to go back. You got to start over. <laughs> but, oh, you have to be ready at any time. You have to be ready at any time. Be like, mm. God, you want them out? All right. <clears throat> God bless you. I love you. And I'm not interested in this relationship anymore. But <sighs> you gotta be cold hearted towards them. I love you. No, you can bigger more than a chicken strip. This man said two fries. Do you know I've never had Bojangles before?
<laughs> Even though you know how fast people be messing with your stomach. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. What's the? I, I'm in the same boat though, because I'm like, oh, I have my own personal goals and stuff like that. Anyways, I'm totally. I don't know if well, you're probably gonna cut the rest of this end of this out, but. <laughs> Yeah, you can't cut it out just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Just cut it I said that's gonna happen soon. (laughs) 